Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. child have been brought safely to the island of Seraphos. There let Danai and her child live, safe and happy. The son of Zeus is to be left to the whim of chance, while mine is punished with deformity. It is time for chance to intervene. Time you saw something of the world, Perseus. Time you came face to face with fear. Time to know the terrors of the dark and look on death. Time your eyes were opened to grim reality. Far to the east, across the sea. In Joppa. In the kingdom of Phoenicia. him down half naked in a strange despairing city chance nothing to do with chance and you know it a deliberate and malicious act unworthy of our goddess you accuse me well one thing certain my son needs more than an actor's painted cloak and a wooden sword provide him with suitable weapons weapons of divine temper a helmet a sword, a shield, have them with all speed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host Jimbo and surprisingly, almost back to back weeks, we have Terrence. Terrence is here. This is so amazing. 
Uh, today, this is episode 47, and we will be discussing one of my childhood favorite movies, which I got to pick, The Clash of the Titans, uh, the original, not the trashy remake. <laughs> so uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. A couple of things uh, we want to get out of the way at the beginning. Uh, we did have a new review this week, and I say anytime anybody leaves us a review, whether good or bad, we read it on the air. So this is from Rochelle63. I hope I say that right, Rochelle. Uh, it says, the title of this is Two Millennials Reviewing Older Movies, and she gave us a five star. Very nice. Or they. I don't want, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, says, I'm digging this podcast, even though I don't always agree with their thoughts and reviews, but that's actually what I like about this show. Not everyone sees eye to eye, and I appreciate another take, especially from a younger audience. Great job, Jimbo and Terrence. Well, Michelle, we thank you. Um, we always enjoy it. You know, when I got this one, I was at work. I was having a really, really bad night. And, you know, um, sometimes you sit back, you take a deep breath, and I pulled open that email, I read that, and then it was like, it got better from then on out. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Um, but, Rochelle, one thing, don't call me a millennial. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a millennial. I may be younger. Um, I'm actually 43. I'm actually Gen X. Uh, Terrence is a resident millennial here. So, yep. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for your review. Um, as always, if anybody hasn't left us a review, please go ahead. Go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Leave us a review, and we will read it on the air. The, the other millennial that we sometimes get a guest star is Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle is like the baby millennial of the podcast. Yes. Um, so, Terrence, this wouldn't be an episode without me throwing a question at you. And since it. this is a basically a spin of Greek mythology uh, movie we're getting ready to talk about, yep. Terrence, if you could be a mythological figure in Greek lore, who would you be and why? Who would I be and why? You or know, a there's... creature. You could be a creature. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I would say... I mean, there's so many, but uh, Dionysus, man, because he's got it going on. Like, he's just living the dream. <laughs> there you have it, folks. If you don't know who that is, we'll have to pull out a Greek dictionary and look him up. But um, one thing real quick is Terrence and I had the privilege of being interviewed by Mrs. Leslie Fear yesterday um, from the podcast of Because I Want to Know. Um, she is a author. She has uh, paranormal romance books out. Uh, the Graveyard Watchman, I believe, is the series that are three. Um, but I told her, I said, look, I said, we, we are more than happy to come on there. I said, I will play your promo on our, our podcast. Um, so if you guys would go to Because I Want to Know Podcast, subscribe, leave her a five-star review. She interviews different people. Like her episode today was about a, a person that had COVID. Yeah. And they talked about some of the... Um, miss or non-miss about she just wanted to get the information out there about somebody that actually has it what she can say she says look i know not every this isn't for everybody and she wanted to just make sure that we, they actually talked to she, she actually talks to somebody that actually had it it's yeah. very well done very tasteful so actually go listen to that too but go leave a review five star our episode will review on our drop live on her uh, podcast november 16th um, that's how far ahead about uh, she's scheduled. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, me and Terrence get into some stuff with her, some shenanigans. It's, yeah. it's pretty fun. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and drop her promo in right about here. Are you looking for a new podcast that talks about, well, everything? If so, you might want to try out my new podcast, Because I Want to Know. The show where I get into people's heads and discuss how the choices in their lives have affected them. We could be talking about anything from true crime, the paranormal, or, I don't know, metal detecting. I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty of what makes people do what they do. A kind of stalking you just can't do on Facebook. So join me each Monday as I sit down and have a chat with some amazing and fascinating guests going through seemingly ordinary lives. 
so there you have it. Amanda, she have a nice voice. It's just like uh, she oh, has yeah, a man, voice for radio. radio. I mean, yeah, it's just very nice, very smooth and relaxing. So thanks, Leslie, for having us. It was fun. So Terrence, Clash of the Titans, my friend. Have you have you ever seen this movie before today or this time you watched it? I, I've seen bits and pieces in the past, um, like, you know, scrolling through TV and stuff like that when I was younger. But this is actually my first time sitting down and watching it in full. And did you watch the remake? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, then I can't bash you too bad then. So let's go ahead and take this episode away, Terrence. Clash of the Titans. All right. Clash of the Titans, release date, June 12th, 1981. Uh, its budget was anywhere between 9 and $15 million. Uh, Numbers were hard to find. Uh, but it did make a box office of $70 million, so it did make its money back. Uh, its runtime was uh, 118 minutes, so almost pushing two hours, about you know, hour 50-minute movie. Uh, this was directed by British film director Desmond Davis, uh, who also did uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Sign of Four, and a movie I'm not familiar with, uh, but it seemed to be one of his other notable movies, which is The Girl with Green Eyes. Hmm. Um, when I looked up his name, that movie popped up a lot, so I'm guessing it's one of his other notable movies. Um, I didn't recognize any of the others. Um, uh, this was written by Beverly Cross. Um, as far as when we're looking at technical specs, the, uh, this was, <clears throat> excuse me, the cinematographer that, uh, helped film this was Ted Moore. This was edited by Timothy Gee and this production company, uh, was MGM. Uh, this was distributed by the United Artists and Cinema International Corporation. And, and now off to my favorite part, the awards. <laughs> There's only one series of awards here and that would be the academy of science fiction fantasy and horror films usa 1982 we'll probably hear that a lot being october (laughs) (laughs) uh so winner saturn award for best supporting actor burgess meredith and then we have nominated uh for saturn award for uh best fantasy film uh best supporting actress maggie smith best music uh, uh lawrence russenthal and best costume emma portis I'm pretty sure I butchered that last name for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode if you didn't, right? Oh, and best special effects, uh, Ray uh, Harryhausen, who is absolutely well known for doing uh, uh, stop motion model Play effects. animation, yeah, yes. Yeah. Very fantastic. Um, oh, there is one more award. No, there's two more. There's two more. The Stinkers. <laughs> this is new. The Stinkers Bad Movie <laughs> Awards 1981. The nominated for the Stinker Award. Uh, least special special effects. <laughs> oh man! And then we have the Young Artist Award of 1982, which was winner for Young Artist Award, Best Motion Picture, Fantasy or Comedy, Family Enjoyment. You know, I think you're gonna have to do a deep dive on the Stinker Award. Yeah, I'll we'll have to come back to that one for sure. That's the first time we've seen that one. The Stinker Bad Movie Award. Um, synopsis. A mythological adventure following Perseus, who must battle several creatures to save the love of his life. Very, very good movie. It's very, it's fun. It's really fun. Uh, so now we are jumping into the cast. Uh, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> and the reason I'm letting Terrence read this cast is because there's some days I just want to see Butcher him, so I'm not going to lie. All right, so we have Harry Hamlin as Perseus. We have, Ju- uh, I'm already, see, easy ones, I'm already uh, <laughs> What's psyching myself Judy? out. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Boker as Andromeda. <laughs> we have Burgess Meredith, uh, Meredith as Elmon. Uh, Maggie Smith as uh, 
uh, Thetis. We have uh, Cyan Phillips as uh, Cassiopeia. We have Claire Bloom as Hera. Uh, we have Ursula and- uh, Andres as Aphrodite. We have Lawrence Oliver as Zeus. Pat Roach as Hephaestus. Susan Fleetwood as Athena. Tim Pidgeot Smith as uh, Thalo. Jim Gilwim as Poseidon. Neil McCarthy as uh, Calabos. Vita Taylor as Dan. And Donald Hudson as. Uh, ooh, I knew I'd hit one of these. Um, Curseus. And then we have uh, Flora Robertson. Uh, sorry, Robson. Anna Manhattan. And Frida Jackson as the Steigen Witches. Hey, Terrence, who played Zeus again? Lawrence Oliver? Olivier, uh, maybe? Olivier? Olivier? <laughs> Olivier. I'm just, Olivier. Is it Olivier? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I'm here to do. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, by the way, you know who Burgess Meredith was, right? Hmm? What's Burgess Meredith famous for? Besides this movie, what what who is who who is Burgess Meredith? I'm putting you on the spot. I know it's on the tip of my tongue. No, you don't. don't. Don't lie. Who is it? <laughs> I know it's something. He's the penguin over. from the '66 Batman. Yeah, <laughs> he's also <laughs> a grumpy old man and grumpy old man. So. <laughs> so here we go, Terrence. Good job. You only butchered a, a few of them. So uh, we're going to talk. Butcher at least half. Talk a little bit about this movie. So. Uh, this movie starts off pretty pretty crazy. Um, you see these these soldiers carrying this uh, casket, yeah, you know, and you're like, "What's right? going on?" And basically, this uh, gentleman uh, found out that his wife basically cheated on him, I guess, for back of the word, she has a yeah. baby, uh, and so they have decided that uh, and to appease the gods that they are going to put uh, the lady and the young baby who is Perseus. You come to find out. Into this casket, and they toss them in the ocean. So right from the get-go, you're like, great. Um, fair warning. There is a little bit of nudity here at the beginning. Um, one of it, uh, one of the scenes shows her breastfeeding her son, and then the other one is her when her boy's a little bit older and they're walking naked down the beach. So yeah. just a heads up for those of you that have never seen this movie, there is just a little bit at the beginning. Um, so come to find out, um, it the... Zeus up in Mount Olympus or whatever, he's up there with all these other gods, and he's like, "Nothing. I don't want anything to happen to my boy." <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, you find basically. out who she cheated on. <laughs> right. oh, it, it was Zeus. It was Zeus. Um, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I think this is a pretty accurate depiction of Zeus, of just this like God who just wants what he wants. He doesn't care about anybody else. And just, uh, and then they mentioned multiple times in the film of just him, you know, turning into different things and wooing different women. Right. And, you know, the one lady is, well, but what about my son? He's like, well, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been given everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, which Zeus, will come, Zeus which, is a jerk. Which will come shows. out, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, Zeus is up there and he's got like this Colosseum. Playset, I guess, and he's got all these little clay figures up there. And I thought that was really in cool. the wall. It, it was, was. A little touch. Uh, so basically, uh, their casket gets stuck. They get rescued, um, so, but um, so there's a big struggle going on up there between Zeus and and what's her name, Theta. There's one of the lady, the uh, the one who's Calabasas' mom. Yeah, 
Uh, um, I forgot which. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah. So she's like, you know, well, what about my son? Blah blah blah. And he's like, well, you know, he's nothing to me. He's had all this. He was born into this, and so now I'm going to curse him. Basically, and when he takes that figure down and puts him down, and it just and curses it turns him, into trains a, him into uh, the uh, like a, this creature, <laughs> right? Um, so, but like ogre kind of looking, you know. So basically, um, they're they're going to do something. Uh, Zeus is so mad that he tells Poseidon that to release the Kraken on the city that they just tossed Perseus and his mom. Yep. And so Poseidon's like, as you wish. <laughs> and he goes down there and it's so cool. I, I have this movie in like 4K ultra high def, right? So nice. it's so terribly good. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so you just see him down there and he pulls the lever and you see this big tail come out yep. and the skate go up. And he goes up there and you just see like tidal waves just, you know, destroying people, uh, wiping out the entire city, basically. So, Terrence, go ahead and take it from there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't know we were doing a walkthrough of the movie. Okay, We're not, Um, basically. I just tried to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, after that, uh, then they kind of show Perseus growing up, basically. Um, You know, they show that they made it safe somewhere else. Um, uh, Shows him grow up. And then, you know, the cool little transition, I thought, was, you know, Perseus is just chilling on the beach. Just right. like, you know, staring at the moon and then uh suddenly he finds himself in the Colosseum and uh this is shortly after um, you know, Zeus and uh Thetis have it out and uh she's goes behind his back and she's like, Well, you know, if Zeus is gonna have his way and protect his boy, I'm gonna make sure that, you know, uh Perseus goes through some see some harsh realities of life and then <laughs> she makes him disappear to some completely different region. Um what was the region called? It was uh, Phobos, maybe? Something like that. But it, it, it's somewhere that he's not familiar with. And yeah. It's so far away. But I thought it was cool that the, here comes Burgess Meredith's character. And I can't, what was his name again? Uh, who'd he play? Uh, he played Amon. Right. Uh, so, so um, you know, he sits there. He's like, my favorite character. Yeah, he's like, like well, <laughs> well, where am I? He's like, you know, he tells him where he's at. And he's uh, like, he's like where are you? Yeah, he, yeah, you're like, you're so far away from home. Uh, he's like, well, I got to get back or whatever. I, I just like his intro where, like, you know, he's in this big amphitheater. And he's, who are you? Remind me of the Wizard of Oz with the great and powerful Oz, you know what I mean? But, uh, so, uh, to make a long story short, because we could talk about it, we go through this entire movie. Basically, um, there's Andromeda, um, who is the love that Perseus sends up. But she was actually betrothed to Calabas yep. uh, before. Um, and so Calabas comes to her in these dreams. And, you know, he's like, takes, she gets in this little big vultures flying away with her in this little cage. Yeah. And takes it to the swamps where Calabasa is and, um, you know, and, and he puts a necklace on her and um, stuff like that. But Perseus, this in the meantime, you know, he's decided, hey, you know, Zeus is like, if you did this to my boy, he's like, at least I want you guys to make some uh, special weapons for him. To which you got a sword, a helmet, and a shield. Right. The shield um, will come into play later. And I got, I got a, a question for you about that. The helmet will make him go invisible. Or, yep. right. It was invisible. Right. Yeah. And what was the other one? The sword. And then the, the sword, sword, it was just a, a very good sword. Right. Um, and that, could, that could that could cut through stone, stone. and uh, not have a single blemish. Right. So, um, fun fact, I did have these action figures when I was young. I had Perseus and I had Calabas. I still remember them because the stuff that the Perseus came with, I loved it. You know, you had the little sheet yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then Calabas had like a for, uh, Babo. Um, uh, the owl. They, I have a list of them in here. I think that that all came out with them, so we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so basically, um, Perseus, 
you know, he's like, I, well, I got to go. You know, he's like, well, you know, he, this is where he meets Pegasus, I do believe. Yep, that's and, when he obtains Pegasus because um, he's trying to figure out how to free Andromeda. Um, and uh, uh, first he finds out that there's a riddle involved. Um, and then he finds out that, uh, you know, going invisible, he gets to see, you know, what happens to her. Because he actually follows him. Uh, he actually goes to Andromeda and he follows her with Pegasus as the yeah, vulture. exactly. And that's as where... As it takes her soul over to uh, Calibos. Right. So um, this is where Calibos and Perseus, you know, meet. Or, well, Perseus is, is hidden. Yeah. Um, and he notices the footprints in the ground. You know what I mean? And he yeah. sees him walking away and you're like, and he's like, what is this? You know? And so then this is where you see, you know, um, Calibus throw the uh, whip around his neck, you know, yep. and tries to drown him. Basically, you know, he goes to go and he brings up his sword and he cuts off Calibus's hand with the the ring on it. Yep. Which was the clue to the, the riddle. Solving of that. Right. Because. Riddle. Um, Andromeda's mom was like, who, who is worthy of this? You know, is no man worthy to answer my riddle and all this? Yeah. And so the next day you see them doors open up, you know, here comes Perseus and he's like, and, and then Andromeda's like, whoa, you know, and, um, this is really cool. He's like, you, you, you asked a riddle and, and I've got the answer. And he's like, you want the answer to the riddle? The riddle is a ring or whatever he says. Yeah. The pearl ring. And he's like, Calibos. and she's like, well, how did you know this? And he's like, because it was on this. <laughs> and he pulls out the hand yeah, with it. It's still right here. And they're all like, ah, and his mom, Calabas's mom's there. And she's just mad. I mean, yeah. you know, she's, uh, couldn't believe it or whatever. So, um, you know, and that's what, uh, when she really gets mad is when, um, is his mom there though? During the wedding. It it's really, been a it couple was, weeks since I watched so, okay, this, but I so, can't remember if she's so actually she, there. She is and she isn't because, like, she kind of – all of this is within her temple, so she knows it's going on, but she's not physically there. Does that make sense? Right. So – because it's during the wedding that Right. The wedding's – the, 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 they she agreed goes, to get wedding. Yeah, she goes uh, – Which I goes, think this part is one of the coolest scenes in this oh, – uh, yeah. the, the movie. When um, – you know, Perseus. Uh, the, the, the queen uh, claims like, you know, they're getting married, uh, Andromeda and Perseus. And then the queen claims she's like, oh, you know, my beautiful daughter who's uh, who's just as fair as uh, uh, Thetis. And then she was mad. And she's like, how dare you compare a mortal's beauty to mine? Right. And then, um, you know, uh, then she gives her omen. Right. Um, well, this is when, you know, they're up there and they're, 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 they're getting ready to tie the knot or whatever. You know what I mean? And yeah. then. The statue starts crumbling and the head falls off and rolls down there. And all of a sudden, the the, the statue's head opens up. It's like and a huge head, talking, yeah. and it's actually the god. And she starts saying, "You know, um, the, you're not going to. I will release the kraken on this city because you guys have, you know, what you have done in my temple. Um, we're going to destroy the city, basically. Yeah. Unless you know, you got three days or whatever it is to sacrifice and drama. Unless she is sacrificed." On this cliff, then we're gonna just destroy the whole city, you know, to appease me. So this sends Perseus on a on a thing like, well, there's got to be a way. An odyssey, basically. Right. He goes He's like, there's odyssey of his own. There's got to be a way to stop the Kraken. Uh, so uh, this is where um, Amon, you know, Burgess Murray, He's like, well, he's like, there's not a way known to man, and Perseus is like, but there is a way, you know. Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, you know, there are these three witches. Um, of Steigen, I think it was that uh, yeah. you know that they can tell they they know things that no mortal man can know, or basically. So Percy's like, well, I must go to these people. <laughs> so uh, he ends up going traveling with the and, and and don't get me wrong, we're probably skipping over some of the parts. I get some of the parts mixed yeah, up, but just watch it. I mean, potato, right? Uh, so there, it's one of my favorite childhood memories. You know what I mean? So um, 
obviously, if we're slaying or mixing up something, don't hold it against us because when we plan to do this, obviously, Terrence took another two weeks off. You know, so it's been a while. Since so um, basically, he's going to find these witches, um, and he takes a, a group of people with him, and they get there to the cave, and um, but 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 in, before he leaves, he's like, well. Pegasus, it's only like a three-hour journey instead of a three-day journey. You know, I'll get there and come yeah. back, and we'll, we'll be able to find it. It'll be fine. But um, in the meantime, you see Calibus sneak over, and he basically, you know, captures Pegasus. Whole movie, he's trying to sabotage Perseus and and his uh, endeavor to try to best the Kraken, basically. Right. So he basically captures Pegasus, and uh, Zeus, you know, finds out about this or whatever. And he's like, "Well, I want you to send Bupo down," <laughs> which yeah. Bupo is this mechanical owl. Uh, well, it, uh, 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 Bupo was uh, an owl that belonged to one of the goddesses, and right. then he was like, "Send the owl down there, like give, give, give Perseus the <laughs> owl because like, he, he, he yeah exactly because <laughs> he, he lost his his, his uh, helmet, so give him the owl." And then she's like, "No." <laughs> um, well, she says she, she she's first you know obviously well, to she, his face she says okay, but what she does instead is create a mechanical create a, version, right? Right. That's of, what I was going to get ready to get to, right. Yep. So, um, to make a long story short, uh, Bupo, uh, they see Bupo in this tree, you know, because they didn't know which way to go um, yep. to find these witches. And Bupo's like, he comes down and he's sitting there and, and Perseus can actually understand him. All he's doing is doing little trips like R2-D2, you know yeah. what I mean? And Perseus like, what, you guys don't understand? He's like, yeah, I can understand. You know, he's like, we got to follow you. <laughs> and I'm on, oh, another <laughs> gift from the gods. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. So they take off, uh, long story short, they come to this cave. And um, I think an important thing to note is uh, they basically said, you know, oh, yeah, these these uh, blind seers are they're cannibals. Right. Um, which is which is why uh, Perseus had to approach them how he did, which is, you know, uh, Beppu taking the eye and then, uh, you know, him kind of like, you know, antagonizing him with it because that's their, you know, seeing ball. Right. Because he goes in one entrance of the cave and. Bupo's up at the top with um, a couple of the guardsmen. And, you know, they're like, pass me the eye. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, give me the eye. You know, and they keep fighting over this eye back and forth. So, and he's like, now. And the Bupo comes out, steals the eye. And he's like, I got the eye. He's like, look. He's like, tell me how to beat the Kraken. Uh, and and they, they go around this whole little games and charades for the entire time. She's like, well, you know, there is one way. And he's like, well, tell me. He's like, well, you know, on the Isle of whatever, there is the famous Medusa who can turn people into stone. And, you know, basically he's like, okay, thanks, you know. And he just tosses the eye. Yeah. And they're all running around scrambling trying to find the eye. Give it to me, you know. So they take off. So Here, catch. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to the part of the movie where they're, they're getting to this island. Uh, well, they can't get to the island. They have to ferry over. Yeah. And uh, this uh, is a pretty with, cool with the scene. ferryman, uh, Caron. Right. Who's known to, uh, which, which I thought was a little interesting. Um, because that would insinuate that uh, where Medusa was was where the afterlife is. Right. Which in all Greek mythology, like all places of mythology are on Earth, which is all which is interesting. So Mount Olympus is somewhere. Um, the afterlife, you know, uh, uh, Elysium. Uh, and there's like three other places that I always forget the names of. Uh, but, you know, that those are all places you can go to. So they pay the ferryman Charon. Uh, you see, you see, you see Perseus hand over that coin. You know, he, his hand opens up; it's a skeleton hand. You know, yep. and he, he puts the coin in there, and it closes on there. And so, um, something I caught, and 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 I don't know if you caught this too, but when he gets on the boat um, with Carrion, yeah, only like one guy gets on with him. Yeah, 
but when you get over to the island, you know, there's they like get off. There's like, there's like three or four people over no, there. I, know, you know? Actually, I was like, I, was like what? I only saw one person getting off, so I don't know if that was just a continuity, you know, continuity error or what, but or budget, maybe. I don't know. Good so um, they get off, and uh, the, the thing, and you turn around and you, and you see the hooded cloak turn to them, and it's the skeleton face and all that, you know what I mean? So, yep. uh, so now they're on this island where Medusa supposedly is. Yeah. And uh, they, they, they're they looking around, and you see a couple of stone statues, you know. But then you see the famous, uh, what was supposed to be a three-headed dog. It was only a two-headed, two-headed dog because dog, yeah. Ray Harryhausen didn't have enough time. It would take so much time to do a third head on there. Yeah. Um, and what is it? Uh, it's, uh, I forget Cerberus. his name. Yeah. So um, they fight Cerberus. Basically. Um, and uh, which I think kills like two of the soldiers and then uh, <laughs> and there's still two more you know? <laughs> yeah and then um and then uh Perseus is trying to get a sword back from a snake right he's, um, he's kind of like do i go in here for this you know and and i always wondered about that too was that one of the snakes you know kind of tied to medusa you know yeah, you never, you never know yeah yeah uh, because it wraps around that handle you know and he's like well do i go do i not go you see the struggle ah, i'm scared of snakes but oh yeah. <laughs> is this her you know so uh, he finally gets in he comes and he like jumps off the the, the thing and stabs yeah. one of the heads you know and all that so basically it's down to perseus and two other guys and um, this is probably when I was a child, this is the part that I thought was the coolest, but it also scared me the most. And that is Medusa. So you see, uh, Perseus, you know, and these guys in there and, and, and Medusa's bad to the bone. She's got this bow oh, and yeah. arrow, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, crack shot. Yeah, she can. Uh, <laughs> so and, she immediately takes out one guy <laughs> yeah, and, and it like, doesn't even need, you don't, she doesn't even need to like, you know, Turn him to stone. She had a mortal wound because, like, he, he basically she hits him so he falls. It doesn't he like, and then he looks up, and then as soon as he looks up, he's like, oh, and then like that's when Medusa's eyes turn green and, and they then, glow, uh, and uh, then he turns to stone. It's so good. Um, so Percy is up there. He's already lost one guy, and I think she gets the other guy too, doesn't she? I think she. Yeah, kills the yeah, other guy. she she gets the other guy. Uh, but too. so Perseus is like, man, I can't look directly at her, and then he starts having this memory about, oh, your shield will save your life one day. So he takes, he gets the idea that he's going to take his, uh, he takes something and he, th- I think he takes like a, a, a torch or something. He throws it, remember? Because she looks away yeah, he and she shoots it. an arrow Yeah, and then he takes a shield and he throws it on this other statue and it's, he threw it perfectly because now he can see her reflection in yep. the mirror or in the shield. And vice versa. Right. So, uh, here you see her, you know, he's up against this, he's up against this pillar and he's breathing heavy, you know, and he's just, he's got, you know, got his head back and all that, you know, trying to control his breathing and all that. And Medusa's like, you just, she oh, looks yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and the snakes in her hair and everything. Very intense scene. Very good. And 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 she was all clay animation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Very well done. Uh, then, you, you know, uh, he, she keeps coming down there and she, she's shooting her and she sees him and she shoots that arrow at the, the shield. Nothing happens or whatever. Yeah. And then she comes around that corner and he pulls, he takes the sword and he just cuts her head off dude and it's so cool um but here's the part i propose to you his shield and remember this part okay because i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you about this his shield falls into her blood yeah and it melts yep right because her blood is venomous poisonous and all kinds of bad right yep so, um, so you know, you see him, you see him bend down, and he he picks the head up, you know, and he's just like you're not looking at. it. And then you get like the iconic scene where he he stumbles out of the temple or whatever, and yep. he just holds her head up like victory, you know. Yeah. Um. So 
now we know the plot. He's taking this head back to, um, but I forget the name of the town. It always escapes me. I want to say Phobos, but I'm not hundred percent sure. But uh, they're taking it back to where Andromeda is, um, and so now uh, you have where they're. Uh, Bubo, he's like, he's like, I don't know. He's like, we're here. He's like, how are we going to get back? I don't know how we're going to get back. He's like, it'd be a, it'd be really tough for even Pegasus to get here. And that's where Bubo takes off, and he goes and yep. finds Pegasus and releases Pegasus from. Uh, yeah, Perseus tells uh, Bubo to. He's like, find Pegasus and you know release him. Is this, is this after he has his final confrontation with Calabos? See, I don't because it I'm, is yeah. like because uh, it's after he defeats Calabos. No, no, not yet. Well, that, yes, that, but that he sends Bubo to save Pegasus. But what, you, but what you're forgetting is um, they get back, I guess, to the mainland and they're all sleeping outside. And this is where you yeah. see Calabos come up. And he takes his claw because he's got like a, a trident hand now. Yeah. And he stabs Medusa's uh, bag and the, for the blood to come out. And those scorpions are on the ground and grows the big scorpions. So here's what I found interesting. But hang it's on. Like, wait. This is where my question was. So you're telling me that Medusa's blood melted a shield. Why didn't it melt Calabos's uh, hand? That too. Yeah. Um, my The whole the continuity what I saw was um, if... Medusa's blood produces creatures. Why didn't the blood that was pouring out of her body produce anything? No, no, I, you know it, I mean? but they, her, her blood didn't produce creatures. It made them grow bigger. There were scorpions on the ground. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And they they rolled into the blood. It was kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the Secret of the Use. You know, they just <laughs> they roll into the stuff and they 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 they, they came up. So there, this is where you see them fighting the scorpions. You know, um, so. Uh, funny thing is that one of the scorpions I think kills one of the guys. It, yeah, but you never see that scorpion again after that because yep. uh, Perseus kills one and I think the other guard kills one. Yep. Um, now, is this where he fights Calabos? Or I, th- I thought he goes and they would have to be. Yeah, yeah, they fight the scorpions. He fights Calabos. Then he sends uh, Bubo. To... Hang on, I'm let me pause this. I'm gonna check this real quick. <laughs> All right, so we did double check. Uh, we were right. Um, luckily, Terrence had it right on the part. Um, <laughs> this is where you know they kill the scorpions, and then uh, this is where Calabos is coming in to kill Perseus. Yeah, and he takes his uh, whip and he wraps it around his neck, and Perseus' sword is flung away, and uh, there's a big struggle. You know, Calabos is pulling in, and Perseus reaches out, grabs his sword, and he th- just heaves it, it. He just heaves it, and it goes right, right into Calabos's uh, chest. Um, which you see him, you know, fall, and then his face slowly turns back to normal, uh, his human form. I guess you call it human form. Yeah. Um, so now, uh, this is where Bubo goes, I think. And yeah, yeah, right after that's when he sends Bubo to save Pegasus. Uh, so then he can because he is stuck in back in like the swamps, but he's with like these wild men. You know yeah. what I mean? That was working with uh, Calabos. Uh, so Bubo starts a fire, knocks <laughs> yeah. over a torch and everything, <laughs> and he goes over there and he, he just lifts the thing up and Pegasus is now free and they get out of there. Um, so now you come you're coming to the end of the movie where uh, they're starting to walk Andromeda out to the the, the cliff. Yep, and you're Chaining like her up you're like what's everything. going on? You know this is sad. Um, uh, and then you see and in the distance, you know you see. Pegasus, uh, Perseus coming on Pegasus, you know, just yep. slowly, uh, because by this time Poseidon went as is, he's like, okay, we're releasing the Kraken, you know what I mean? Yep. So you see uh, Poseidon down there again, pulls the lever, and he's just, oh, you know, he's got that look on, like, oh. <laughs> and uh, you see the Kraken, and then you actually see the Kraken come up out of the water, you know what I mean? And but this is this is actually um, uh, right after an interesting scene where you can tell, you know, uh, Zeus's 
when he gives the orders to release the Kraken. He's you know, so he's, he's, he's very upset. solemn about it, but he, you also see him kind of slyly, like, there's the figure. Because you see Perseus right. come back, you know, with the head of Medusa, but then he falls because um, he's just, you know, exhausted from the, all the endeavors. And then, like, you know, you see Zeus in, you know, his little model Colosseum, and he just stands up the the figure, the figure of uh, Perseus showing that, uh, no, he'll be all right. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does it, like, behind his back, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, that was great. I just liked his whole his whole scene there with all the figures. It was very interesting because especially yeah, like Calibus when he's sitting really down there cool. and then, you know it shows the shadow of the the figure yeah, changing, turn, turning and deforming, yeah. and then you see the deformed figure. So now the Krakens come up, you know, really well done by Ray Harryhausen again, once again putting his uh, his, his craft to work. Uh, so they've got her chained up on the the side of a cl- well, down by the water, yeah, um, on these chains. And you see uh, Bubo fly in, and he's he's distracting, you know, the Kraken and all that. And then you see um, Perseus come in, you know, and, and, and there's, like, waves coming. And he actually falls off, and he drops the bag of Medusa. he's struggling opening the bag. Right. Because he's, like, right where he needs to be, but he can't get the bag open. Because <laughs> yeah. you see Andromeda going, yeah, Perseus. What, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then you see the bag just fall. And they just all fall. Right. So he opens up the, or uh, he drops the bag in the ocean, and Bubo's like, oh, really? I got to do this again? <laughs> you know, so Perseus is like, uh, you know, he's in the water. He's trying to, he goes over to Andromeda or whatever, you know, he's just like, look, I'm here, you know. Yeah. He's trying to get her chains off, and the Kraken's looking at him. And you see Bubo go down, and he grabs the bag with Medusa's head, and he, he flies, you see, he's just flying all over yeah. the place. And he, he throws it at Perseus, and this time Perseus opens, and just in time, you know, he, he turns around. And he shows it at the crack, and and, and sh- her eyes do that cra- crazy glowing again. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the kraken starts turning to stone, and this is really well done too. Um, it just stares so long at the kraken, it turns into stone, and then it starts crumbling, just yeah. just crumbling to pieces and crumbles and back into the ocean. Right. So now you're at the end of the movie where you know there's a really cool scene there that has Pegasus and everybody standing around. I thought yeah. that was really well done. And then they end up getting married at the end or whatever. Uh, well, there was Pegasus right there. <laughs> no, Terrence, your phone. But I um, was usually on silent. Very uncharacteristic of me. So now we're at the end of the movie. They end up getting married and, you know, uh, the way they go. So let's talk about a little bit about the interesting facts of this movie that I have found. Uh, despite being listed on posters of having a main title billing, Ursula Andress only says one line in the entire movie. Really? Right. Uh, the original script called for Perseus to cut off Medusa's head simply by throwing his shield at her in an attempt to appease UK standards and practice centers as the producers felt that the hero decapitating someone would not be appropriate for children in the audience. <laughs> Harry Hamlin was apparently resistant to the ideal from the beginning as it wasn't in keeping with the actual Greek mythology. When the day came to film the scene and it still hadn't changed, he threatened to quit the movie and fly home. He remained in his trailer, much to the producer Charles H. Schneer, director Desmond Davis, and producer Ray Harryhausen's annoyance. In the process of trying to coax him out, he was gradually able to get some of the other crew members on his side, which resulted in the scene being rewritten accordingly. So basically, wow. he stood up for what he wanted, you know yeah, what Exactly. I mean? uh, you have to stick to the lore. <laughs> Harry Hamlin and Ursula Andress began a relationship during the production of this movie, uh, which produced a son, Dimitri Hamlin, who was born in 1980 after completion of principal photography. Ah. Uh, Bubo, the mechanical owl of Athena, was introduced to capitalize on the popularity of R2-D2 from Star Wars uh, A New Hope <laughs> in 1977. The name Bubo is a scientific term for the genius of eagle owls and horned owls, 
which is interesting because the robot Bubo was modeled on a barn, uh, modeled on a barn owl, which is the genus Taito, and not a Bubo at all. Bubo made a cameo appearance in Clash of the Titans in 2010, and I'll never forget that because oh, what's this junk? And they toss him to the side. I was yeah. like, how dare you? <laughs> Sir Lawrence Olivier was so ill during the making of this film, he would often go and lean on his tall, burly co-star Pat Roach saying, let me draw some of your strength, dear boy. So he was really sick during the filming of this. Yeah. Uh, according to Harry Hamlin, um, prior to doing this movie, he was considered doing another project with Richard Burton, a movie adaptation of the story of Tristan and Isolde, uh, Love Spell from 1981. He ultimately gravitated towards the uh, what move became this movie, despite not knowing anything about it, as it would have been an opportunity to work with Sir Lawrence Olivier, the one actor he considered probably even greater in stature than Burton. So... Which is his role as Zeus. Uh, he does really good. Um, and, you know, the few scenes that he's in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Greek hellhounds traditionally had three heads, but Dyskilios in this movie has only two because it would have taken Ray Harryhausen too much time to animate a third head. So that was the name, not Cerebus. Yeah. You're thinking of Kingdom Hearts and all that, right? Well, no, no, no. Cerberus is part of uh, uh, the lore, but um, uh, I, I wasn't aware that hellhounds also had three heads. Oh, now you know. But this actually is Dioskilos. Hmm. So, the character Calibos, Lord of the Marsh and son of Thetis, does not appear in Greek mythology and is based on Caliban, an antagonist created by William Shakespeare in 1611 for his play The Tempest. In Greek mythology, the son of Thetis was Achilles, Greece's best warrior in the fight against Troy. Um, let's see. Uh, that one's a pretty good movie. Right. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Beverly Cross, uh, the screenwriter for this, or Maggie Smith, who was Thetis, was yeah. married to screenwriter Beverly Cross, um, and he had previously written another mythology movie, Jason and the Argonauts, in 1963 for producer Charles H. Schneer, which we, me and you talked about that yep. earlier. Which was also, uh, uh, had the animation done by, um, uh, Ray. Right. Um, Initially, Calabos had no dialogue and was a purely stop-motion character. Huh. Um, they had to rewrite uh, the script and dialogue was added and the role was given to Neil, Neil McCarthy. Did. Right. Um, Runner-up for the role of Perseus, Malcolm McDowell, Michael York, and Richard Chamberlain. Also, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> who was fairly unknown at the time but would find greater success with Conan the Barbarian in 1992, was considered for the role, but the producer felt that with the exception of Hercules, uh, the Greek heroes were athletic but not overly muscular. Yeah. And relied more on cunning than strength. So he felt the head casting a very muscular actor was cliche, harkening back to the cheesy Italian sword and sandal movies made in the 50s and 60s. But you know what? Arnold would be back. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, great in Conan. Oh, man. Then, so but I like at the end of the one, he's like, but that is another story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, despite the movie being notable for its stop-motion visual effects, it was not Oscar-nominated for either makeup or visual effects. Which we noticed when we were going over the awards. Right. Uh, Greek god and goddess characters appearing in this movie include Immortals, Zeus, who was the supreme father of gods and men, Hera, the goddess of marriage and maternity, Thetis, a titan of myth, not one of the twelve Olympic gods, Aphrodite, the goddess of love, Poseidon, the god of the sea, Hephaestus, a god of fire, metalworking, stone masonry, and the art of sculpture, and Athena, goddess of wisdom, warfare, divine intelligence, and architecture and crafts. Um, because Star Wars did such a well job with their toy selection from 1978 to 1985, uh, Mattel produced Clash of the Titan toys in 1981. The toys released were 
Perseus, Thalo, Calabos, Charon, Pegasus, and the Kraken. I'd like to see the Kraken figure. I don't think I ever saw that. Interesting. I wonder so, if it was to scale, you know, bigger than... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. If they were, like, the figure was bigger, maybe right. a more expensive figure or something like that. So I always think what's interesting in the retelling of, uh, you know, Greek lore as far, as far as movies go, they always usually depict uh, Hades as the villain. Um, when in actual Greek mythology, it's, it's actually Hera. Right. Uh, who's typically, you know, mad at Zeus for, you know going off and sleeping with whoever so you know she's obviously mad so she's always you know throwing out all these you know crazy things to try to get back at zeus and um that's the interesting thing to bring up is you know um this i think was a little more accurate in depiction of um how you know greek mythology was which is zeus messing around hera getting mad and then things happening crazy on earth because of this (laughs) (laughs) um According to Ray Harryhausen's website, there was a sequel to this movie titled Force of the Trojans that was pitched to MGM in 1984, but it never circumvented and never came to be to light, which would have been interesting because they remade what was Wrath of the Titans, I think, came out this year as a sequel to... I have no idea. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Sir Lawrence Olivier, who played Zeus and Claire Boom Hera, previously played another married couple in King Richard III of England and Anne Neville in Richard III from 1955. Uh, Neil uh, McCarthy, who played Calabos, uh, only in the headshots and half-body shots, all full-body shots of Calabos were played by a stop-motion model. Yep. Uh, the, the, the Deny and Perseus cast adrift scene was filmed at uh, Cayenne Cove on the Lizard Cornwall. In the scene where Perseus fights Medusa, everyone with him had a different shield. One had a griffin, one has a pegasus, and the one that Terrence would be carrying if he was in the movie, a flying pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sir Rex Harrison was asked to play Poseidon, but rejected the role as being too tiny. Hmm. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was too big, and <laughs> this guy refused. Tiny. This guy refused to play beside. <laughs> it was too tiny of a role, I think, not too yeah. tiny as a stature. Uh, during the film's theatrical release in the UK, a marketing campaign was made with Smith's Monsters Munch Snacks. Consumers could send off for a poster magazine if they send in empty packets as proof of purchase. Huh. Also, the back of the packet featured fun facts on one of the monsters in the film. Hmm. So that's really cool. Way to go, UK. Uh, this was one of uh, Henry Her- Harry Himlin's first uh, given role in this movie, and then also the King of the Mountain in 1981. Uh, so Lawrence Olivier was succeeded in the role of Zeus by his uh, The Bounty 1984 co-star Liam Neeson in Clash of the Titans in 2010 and Wrath of the Titans in 2012. Hmm. As the destruction of Argos begins... Heavy winds blow the tunic of a man pulling a donkey on a rope to reveal a pair of modern-day gym shorts underneath. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't catch that. Uh, when Perseus is invisible, he leaves footprints, which are those of modern shoes and not sandals of the time in the sand. <laughs> this is just some uh, the little errors that are left. Yeah, in the movie. yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, and there, there's a lot more information on this. I'm just pulling some of the good stuff, yeah. uh, stuff that I thought would be interesting to the audience. Uh, the DVD cover of this movie shows... Perseus riding Pegasus toward the Kraken wearing his helmet and wielding his sword. But the helmet was lost before the Kraken battle and it made the wearer invisible. Yeah. <laughs> the sword was also <laughs> left behind after Perseus killed Calabos with it, um, also before the Kraken battle. Also, Pegasus' right wing is shown behind Perseus's right leg. In the movie, uh, Pegasus' wings are in front of his rider's legs, not near his rear flanks. Mm. That's pretty funny. 
<laughs> you know, he has a tendency to forget that sword. He forgot the sword in the very beginning. In the, he, grabs the helmet, he grabs the helmet and the shield, and he's super happy, and he just leaves the Colosseum, and Ammon's like, wait, your sword. <laughs> ah, the young, so impetuous and foolish. <laughs> Uh, in the scene between Perseus and the Stygian witches, it can be seen that one of the witches has eye holes poked in her flesh that covers her eye sockets as she reaches to grab the crystal eye from her sisters. Uh. <laughs> uh, despite her firing uh, several shots, the number of arrows in Medusa's quivers remains the same. Hmm. Uh, there's wires visible on the mechanical eye in many of the scenes, which... Poopa, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, when Calibo stabs the Medusa head bag with his prosthetic, and this is what I was talking about, a huge quantity of Medusa's blood gets on it. If Medusa's blood is so caustic as to dissolve a shield made by the gods, why doesn't Calibos' prosthetic also dissolve quickly? Maybe Terrence, why? also made by a different god and better. <laughs> but it wouldn't matter. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, so there you have it, Terrence. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on this movie. It's a fun movie that sort of highlights the time of uh, where a lot of like claymation was going on. Um, I think they, they called it dynamation or something like that. They act, they, there was a name that was coined uh, for the term of you know using models and and clay to um, you know animate creatures and such. Uh, the time before you know massive special effects that we're in today. Um, it also shows how far we've come, which is really cool to see. You know, watching something using claymation as special effects and watching something today with, you know, graphic special effects. Uh, it's really cool. Um, but, yeah, if you like uh, if you if you like Greek mythology, uh, if you like action movies, um, this is definitely something to check out. Uh, if claymation is not your thing, because I know not everybody is into that. I know there's a lot of... Uh, people who find claymation off-putting um it's probably a pass for people like that um but if you like greek mythology i'd still say give it a try but for me it was fun um it, it was very cool and you know like i said kind of looking back and uh seeing how special effects were and then kind of looking at thing how things are now right well to me when you're a kid the sky's limited with your imagination. Absolutely. I imagine and, watching this as a kid. Oh, great. it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, even though it scared me, uh, I loved it. Uh, there was just something about the Medusa character that just put me over the top. I mean, you know, just, you know, you, you had the action figures and all that. Um, going back and watching it now, it, it's, it's a rough watch at, at, at times. Um, certain parts, yeah. Certain parts. I mean, especially in uh, ultra high def 4K, um, you can notice a lot oh, more. Oh yeah, I was getting ready to say. Um, didn't, I, I wouldn't recommend watching this in high. I I, I downloaded the standard edition because uh, you you know you have it on uh, Vudu. So, right. but, but instead of downloading the the high definition, I just went ahead and went standard definition. I typically do that with older movies because you know when you take a movie as old as this, especially when it relies on claymation and special effects uh, from that time, uh, they tend to get highlighted. Uh, when you start watching it in higher qualities, right? Uh, yeah, but 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 for me, I'm, I'm always going to like the original, uh, the remake that they did. I was so upset with it, but um, the original still sticks with me. It's it's one of my personal favorites uh, from childhood. Uh, so 
to me, I hold it to a higher regard than um, did during this episode. Did we get some things out of place? Probably. Um, Terrence usually does. <laughs> but, you know, the timeline or whatever. Um, so that's why I always say people to go watch the movie themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because sometimes we may get things out of order because uh, the time frame that we do to record it's probably been two or three weeks since I watched this uh, again. Instead of being fresh on my mind, like just watching it as yeah. I, we stepped in to record. Um, but knowing that and knowing um, how it was when I was a kid, it just makes the movie so much. It means so much more to somebody that saw it when they were a kid. Yeah, and and then like we talked about with Leslie on her thing, you know, when uh, our interview with Leslie Fear, when you see something at a different time in your life. Um, it, it may trigger something different for you. Um, you know, she was talking about the breakfast club and we were talking about the breakfast club, you yep. know, and, and the differences. So I'm not, I'm going to spoil anything for the interview, but um, just when you see it at a different point in your life, I think it, it depends on how well you react to the movie. Exactly. I, and nostalgia holds weight uh, to a lot of different things, um, which if, you know, this last decade hasn't showed us, uh, you know, obviously there's been remake after remake and that just shows, you know, people always have a hankering for things that make them nostalgic. Um, and you know, this would be no exception, uh, for you. You know what I mean? It's right. like something you, that you really enjoyed as when you were younger would still be something you enjoy now because that nostalgia is just, you know, so strong. Right. So there you have it. That's our take on the clash of the Titans. If you haven't seen it, give it a shot. Um, just remember when it was filmed and when it was, and, yeah. and maybe find a VHS at Goodwill of it or something <laughs> instead of watching the ultra high depth version. So, um, if you'd like to leave us a review, um, pretty much iTunes, Apple Podcasts is where we read most of our reviews. Um, pretty much all of them because it's the only ones that I get a notification for. Um, you can email us at the tragedy of cinema at gmail.com. Um, don't forget right now, if you haven't listened to any of our Twilight Zone episodes, um, Eric Cummings joins me um, to do the uh, Twilight Zone episodes where we are having a contest. I think it started with the last two uh, Twilight Zone episodes where we give a secret word throughout the uh, broadcast or the, the, the podcast, um, whether it's in the beginning, in, in the middle, at the end. Uh, it's in there somewhere, I guarantee you. you just so if, you, if you're one of those ones that skip the intro or skip the disclaimer or something, <laughs> you might want to slow down the next couple episodes is all I'm giving you a hint. Um, so uh, we have given Terrence the opportunity to pick next week's movie. And Terrence, would you like to go ahead and tell everybody what movie you selected for so next week? We are going to watch Labyrinth. Terrence um, wants to do Interestingly Labyrinth. enough, uh, you know, it's a very popular movie, and it's a movie that has always been on my radar, and I never got to. So now you're going to force yourself so to watch it. So now I'm going to finally watch it, uh, so then, you know, we can continue to do our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, hey, you guys, you heard it here first, he said next week, so I'm holding him to that, <laughs> so next week he um, will be is, here. is this your second time, multiple time, first uh, For time? Labyrinth? Yeah, for Labyrinth. Uh, I think it's like three. Gotcha. Um but we'll talk about it next week. I don't want to give anything away because you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's David Bowie. So. Yeah. I was say, that, <laughs> the that's Goblin the, the biggest takeaway that I know is David Bowie's in it and he's the Goblin King. That's right. all I know. <laughs> uh, well, I think this episode's coming to a close and that's a wrap. And, and cut. cut.